Welcome to the Women Encouraged Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We are all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, so I'm delighted to share these conversations with Christians who love the Lord, love His Word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. I'm praying this episode is a blessing to you and that you'll be encouraged to apply the gospel to this topic and walk faithfully with Jesus Christ. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to you, Trillia Newbell. I'm so thankful to have you here today. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be speaking with you, Bethany. Would you introduce yourself and just share a bit of your story? Give us a snapshot of what your life is like. Well, it's hard to, I have, it depends on what you want to know about my story, but I live in the Franklin, in the Nashville area and with my husband of 16 years and our two children. And I write and speak. And um, I became a Christian at the age of 22, which I think for a lot of people is kind of unique. A lot of people around me seem to have grown up in the church and I did not. And um, so I'm not, yeah, I just have, I'm grateful for the opportunity to think and speak and write about God's word and mm. uh, do discipleship. That's wonderful. You, you've written several books, um, which have been just excellent ministers of grace to so many women, including myself. Um, and you were also a contributor to a book on identity. Um, you wrote a chapter on beauty in the book Identity Theft, which came out with uh, the Gospel Coalition and Crossway recently, right? Yes, that was, gosh, was that a year ago? I, I can't remember when exactly it released, but I did. I was really grateful to be a part of the group who wrote on identity and identity theft. Yes. Yes. And and your book, God's Very Good Idea, came out, which our children just love. And we're so thankful for the many different ways that you've just talked about God's design for people, um, for humanity, and, and just the way that we reflect Him. I'm wondering if you would just share about some of the ways that we see God's design for humanity reflected in the world around us. Yeah, well, gosh, how do we not? I, in the world around us, I think we know, we see in people that um, we are all made in the image of God and we reflect God in various ways in his character. And we get to see that in all the different tribes, tongues, and nations and um, how we're also unique and um, different yet the same that we're human and we're people. Yeah. And, um, and it's so amazing that we get to, that we, we, as people reflect him, but God's word talks about his glory being revealed in um, the world and in the heavens declare his glory. And so all we have to do is step outside and we, <laughs> we see in um, God's glory. And, and so I, I, I think if we have eyes to see, we will see that God um, reflected in, in all sorts of ways in his people and in his creation. So in in terms of understanding the world around us in light of scripture how does our how does our physical human brokenness just give us evidence of the way that sin has impacted the world I don't know of anyone who doesn't wake up and experience somewhat of the brokenness I mean even when you wake up you start you can wake up they call it on the wrong side of the 
what is it on the wrong side of the bed? I mean, that's just evidence of our fallen brokenness that we, um, yeah, that we don't even, we wake up sometimes and we're already discouraged and we haven't even just taken a foot out of the bed. And then of course our bodies physically are breaking down from sickness to, um, pain and the suffering that we experience. So I, I think there's so much evidence of the fall that Genesis 3 um, reality that we, um, from both our the sadness that we can endure and our the pain and suffering to that indwelling sin, that fight, that battle um, that we experience from from temptation and sin. So, so there's, there's lots of fighting that we have to do to fight for faith and to put off so that we can put on, um, good things. Yeah. It does feel like such a fight sometimes to really, um, look at ourselves in light of the gospel and what God says about us. Um, how can we properly view our our bodies in light of the gospel. Sometimes it seems like our bodies are these kind of accessories that we bring with us and and yet this is this is what God will raise from the dead at some point. And so how do we mm. how do we look at our bodies in light of the gospel and with a view towards resurrection and eternity with Jesus? Yeah, it's interesting because we will we're funny as we we're we're complicated, I guess is a better term with the way that we view and even interact with our bodies we 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 often have to fight against worshiping our bodies so that's why i think there's so many diet fads and um there's so much abuse of our bodies and abuse of other people's bodies we we can tend to worship what the created can't we and so i think that's one of the things that we have to fight against is worshiping and then realizing that God has given us these bodies for the good of others and for his glory to to we can use them for service to others um we can use them to to enjoy the lord and to enjoy one another i mean think about how often the scriptures talk about the tongue which is a part of our body and that we can u- use the tongue to build up our words to build up, or we can tear people down. So, so our body, and yes, one day we will receive new bodies and they'll be resurrected and, um, and all of the pain and sorrows and, um, brokenness will be gone. And so I think there's, uh, there's so many different things that you could say about the body. Um, that's just one angle that I just said, a couple of angles, but there's so many things. Right. And so, yeah. (laughs) And, um, and and we i think sometimes can forget that when we are we're a new creation that means all of us so yeah. every bit of us so so we need to we want to steward this body well and and think of how what we're what we're doing to ourselves and uh, and that can go even as far as sleep um are we taking care of her are we trying to be little G gods or are we taking care of our body? Are we realizing that we have to rest? I mean, there's so many different things that we could say about the body and what we're b- putting into the body and what we're doing to the body and right. um, how we care for what God has given us. And then again, being really careful not to worship it, um, idolize other people's bodies, for example. And um, so there's lots, there's lots that can be said and it's really an important topic. 
you mentioned just not worshiping our bodies. And and I think there's a sense in which we can kind of even look at our own finiteness and our and dwell on that so much that it almost becomes like an obsession that, oh man, I'm so, um, I just don't love who I am or I got to fix who I am. And I think I know so many women, I'm, I'm sure you do too, but um, so many women who just genuinely struggle with appreciating the body that God gave them or just, um, you know, we have a warped view of beauty because we've gotten our standards from the world. I mean, you know, the the gospel of Cosmopolitan magazine is really that, you know, your body is, um, is, is, something to put on display and that's how you get your acceptance and yeah. um you know so what are some of those dangers of adopting the world standards for beauty instead of being guided by god's definitions of beauty and his good design for our bodies well i think there's a lot of dangers one I, i'm i continue to bring up the word idolatry because i do think that we can worship our our bodies or, or, and, and what that looks like often or sometimes is being in despair, despair over our weight or, or, um, agonizing over it or obsessing over it and not in a healthy way. I think there is a healthy way to take care of your body. I believe exercise is a gift. Um, it's something that we can and should do as a way to to help steward our bodies and serve others. It's just when it becomes um, something that that is about our own glory or what we think we need to do in order to receive acceptance of others, then we've turned something that could be a good into sin and idol. And we do that often with a lot of things. We t- turn good things into idols. And so... I don't think there, I just, I think we want to not pendulum swing. We're pendulum swingers, right? We don't want to pendulum swing to the one side and say, okay, you can never take care of yourself. Right. You can't dress. You can't, yeah, you can't do any. That's not the point. The point is do all things to the glory of the Lord. Yes. So you there's a middle road there that we need to, yeah, and a a much more beautiful way, road. Um, And so so I think... The, the dangerous comparison, um, fear, anxiety. I mean, there's so much that happens. Um, and we haven't even talked about gluttony, which I think right. is something it's that we don't, we don't talk about as, as we, but we need to. Yeah. And so we, we're, that is not caring for your body when you are overindulging into, in anything. So I think we just want to take that middle of the, that road that's uh, hard to walk, Right. To all things to the glory of the Lord. So whether you eat, drink, whatever you do. So that's what that's where we need to ask ourselves as we're evaluating um, what we're wearing or what we're, our fitness or or the whys, um, and just make sure not to pendulum swing. I think we can. I think we can do these things um, in a healthy, balanced yeah. way. It seems like. That we have to have something that keeps us from falling into either ditch, you know, the the gluttony and overindulgence ditch or the neglect ditch. And those are, they're very real temptations and dangers. So how, I've always feel like 
Bible literacy questions are so obvious. Like I feel like, oh, we should be reading our Bibles and we should be in the Word, and that's what keeps us from falling into either ditch. But it isn't a given for everyone that, oh, you know, knowing who God is um, helps us to understand ourselves better. And so why is can you explain why Bible literacy and, and Bible fluency really are so essential for understanding our human bodies and and beauty, really? Yeah. Well, you're right. I think we don't want to get into the trite kind of, okay, if you read God's word, then you're going to be come out not ever sinning because that's just not what God's word says. No. <laughs> Up until the moment we see Jesus, we're going to be battling some sort of sin. Yeah. And so the goal isn't that we never sin. That, that's the goal. That's the hope. But the truth is we are going to battle sin. So instead, we want to just ask God to help us see it clearly and quicker and repent and turn and confess. And what does God's word say? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. And so that I think is one of the ways that helps us more beautifully fight this is to know God's word. What does God say about himself? He is beautiful. We want to worship him when we know him in his word. We're not going to want to worship ourselves. We're going to want to worship him more and more. And we will, as we learn more about God, we're going to want to repent because we're going to fear him more. We're going to want to honor him and obey him more. Um, not out of a legalism, but out of a delight and a, a desire to to glorify him and to because we love him and um so and because he first loved us and so I think there's something it's yeah you're right it's not a fix all it's about a relationship and as we learn and grow and and learn more about him we we can't help but want to learn that much more and obey him. So, all right, and I say that we can't help but knowing that there is going to be a fight still with our flesh where our bodies are just going to fight it. And I want to be really also careful to say there are some things that we battle in our bodies that are either a mental illness or clinically diagnosed and need the help of a counselor. Right. So, so I so if there's someone who is struggling with bulimia or anorexia or something of that nature, they're going to need to see a a psychologist or someone who can help them, maybe even go to a clinic, someone who can help them walk through this while they're also reading God's word. So I think um, there are different degrees of this battle, but anytime we are in God's word, um, or every time we're in God's word, it's it's time worth spent. So we want to spend that time getting to know him better so that we can reflect him in a more beautiful way. Because real true beauty is what is um, developed out of the heart and character. That's really ultimately what is going to be beautiful. It's beauty that lasts and beauty that matters because we're all growing old, by the grace of God, and what it's all fading. Yeah, <laughs> all the youth is fading. It's all fading. So we want to to strive for, for a lack of a better word, 
a beauty that is eternal, that will last. Yeah. I love that. And I I love especially what you were saying about, um, you know, if you have a clinical diagnosis or even actual um, a health issue that that you need to get extra help with. I mean, we don't want to ever say that the word of God isn't sufficient because it is sufficient to to address, you know, all of our our soul needs. But he does give us the gift of medicine and and um, instruction and and counseling. And so um, as a as a former pediatric nurse, I got to work with um, actually a lot of children with eating disorders. And um, one of the things that I, I saw there was just how uh, God's word, when it was brought in with, you know, different, you know, maybe the the chaplain or um, our pastor coming in to minister, but that was so helpful. But at the same time, the many disciplines that come together to minister to the body are just an incredible gift that God has given us in this day and age. Um, you also talked about um, just you know our outward appearance and and the adorning of our of our outer bodies and I know Peter talks about you know don't let just the outward person be the part that's adorned and um, do you have any verses that that you find are particularly compelling for you just things that the Lord has to say to us in His Word that instruct us and and grows our understanding of beauty. Gosh, uh, where do I begin? <laughs> um, scriptures on on beauty. I really think when we think of things like Genesis one that we're made in the image of God, when we think of or and when we think of um, Psalm eight, what is man that you are mindful of him? Um, there's just the heavens declaring his glory. I think that's a beauty that that we want to reflect. Of course, uh, we, we, we know the whole Proverbs 31. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good text for, um, striving for outward beauty. Yeah. I think, I think of a court course, is it first, second Peter, where it's don't let the adorning be of braid and hair and but of the gentle and quiet spirit. I can't remember if that's first or second Peter. That's funny. I think, but I think it's first. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, that's first Peter. Okay. So, so, so the, those, those are just a few, but I really, when I think of beautiful things or beauty in general, I think of <laughs> Jesus. So, I'm going to think of any any text which is the whole Bible but but texts that highlight who Jesus is. I'm studying and reading Isaiah right now and gosh he is beautiful. I mean that you also hear read that he's a man of sorrows but in those sorrows you know that he's um been tempted in every way but without sin that he he has done something beautiful in that. And so I just, um, I find myself wanting to know more about Jesus who walked perfectly on my behalf and um, and who lives to make intercession. I just think he is beautiful. And so if I can reflect him, that's who we're called to, we're called called to reflect him and to be like him, then I know that I'm striving for something that's beautiful. So I think um, the scriptures do speak of beauty, but I, it's real. It's it's about character. It's about Jesus. It's about um, reflecting 
the the God man and and um and so that's where I want to focus my my eyes, set my affection, and um, strive to be like. Yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, no pun intended, but really and truly, it's, it's good encouragement to think about um, really focusing our attention on him and and asking him to make us better and better at reflecting his beauty to the world around us. Um, we we do the reality, like you said, we're going to struggle with sin for the rest of our lives until we get to see Jesus face to face. And one of those issues for us is sinful comparison. I mean, there's the right kind of comparison that says, am I, am I accurately reflecting um, Jesus and, you know, comparing ourselves to the standard of God's word and falling on the grace of God. Um, But in terms of sinful comparison, how, what is that? What does it look like? And why is that so contrary to what God wants for us? Um, Where, where does it really stem from? You know, I actually think in a lot of ways that comparison when you're sinfully comparing, it comes from a fear. So you're afraid of not measuring up. You're afraid that you're, you know, I think there's there can be this fear there. Of course, it also can be discontentment. So you're not content with how God has made you. You're not content with what you have. So you compare and you're like, Lord, why, why doesn't she why does she have that? And why don't I? And so, and so I think that there's a lot of roots. Um, it could be pride. It could be um, arrogance. There's a lot of roots. Entitlement. Well, I should have that. So, so I don't know. There's a lot of things that I think, I, I think that's, that's one of the things that we want to ask God to help us with. And that, especially when you're talking about beauty and the pursuit of beauty, we can so easily <laughs> look at that magazine cover, which you talked about and say, okay, this is the ideal woman. This is what I've got to be like. Yeah. And look at me, Lord, this is how you've made me. We will um, fall into despair yeah. um, or discouragement. So, so comparison, I think you can be, you know, the root can be all sorts of things from fear to, um, it, it, to discontentment. But what we want to ask God is to make us thankful and encouraged by how he, it's, it's easier said than done, but how he has made us. And I'm just going to say, if there's something about yourself that you think, okay, I, I am lacking in this area and it actually is because of a lack. So maybe it's because of laziness. Hmm. Then I think it's okay to pursue. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to start walking because I I'm not healthy. I yeah. think that's completely and totally fine. Yes, but it's when yeah. And so I I say that because, and I keep saying that in this uh, podcast because I think we're such pendulum swingers. We we just we don't know how to. We don't know how that how to take that middle ground where we do like this healthy balance. We're either all in and obsess yeah. obsess over it, or we or we just forget about it and say, "Forget it, I, I can't do anything." So there's this middle ground. So anyway, so with comparison, we need I so think much we just wisdom. yeah. I also want to say there is a healthy way to compare because I I ha- yes. have a friend who said she she had mentioned Paul how Paul says imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we can look at someone and say, okay, I want to grow 
like her. Maybe she it's because maybe she is more disciplined and she's you struggle with I, idleness. So okay, I want to grow like her because she is pursuing this in a godly way. I think that kind of comparison where you're like, oh my goodness, I want to be like her, isn't a healthy and okay comparison. It's different to to say, I want to be like her than to say, I want to be her. Right. Yes. And so I think you can say, I want to be like her. I want to grow and be like her without saying, I want to be her. And so there, I think is a difference. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Helpful. And very helpful. Thank you. Um, So can you share with us some of the ways that we can encourage one another to be thankful and enjoy God's workmanship of us. Oh, yes. Just that. We are called to build one another up, to encourage one another, to spur one another on to godliness. We need each other. God could have said, we don't, you don't have to be a part of a church. You can just do, do this individualistic Christian thing, but keep he, when he saved us, saved us into a body of people, into a family. So we're not only a new creation, but we are a part of a family. And then all throughout scripture, you see this family in need of one another in different ways. And so use your words to build each other up because we need each other deeply. We cannot function without each other. I just don't think we're going to, we will, we will be, I'll say it this way. I just, I don't think we will endure to the end well without each other. And so I think the Lord has given us a body for a reason and it's to glorify him ultimately, but also so that we can encourage one another. Yes. That's, it's such a neat thing to think about that he's given us a body for a reason. And we also you know, our individual bodies reflect what he's designed for his great big body, the church. And, you know, we can't all be hands and eyes and um, we need each other. It's so good to hear. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So one last question I ask every guest, Trillia, what has the Lord been using in your life lately to encourage you in your walk with him? Uh, something he's used. Okay. Something he's used besides the Bible my ac- accountability partners. I start, I've always had accountability partners, but since I've moved to the Nashville area, I've had a harder time finding them. And recently I found some who, faithful friends who are also willing to speak into my life. <laughs> and it has been such a means of grace. And so my accountability partners are, they, they're means of grace and I'm so grateful for them. What a blessing. Thank you so much. And thank you for, again for being here today. Um, I've really appreciated this conversation and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with everybody. Can you tell us where to find you on the interwebs? In the interwebs. It's really easy if you can spell my name. Everything is yes. just truly, yeah. <laughs> Everything is Trillia Newbell. So trillianewbell.com. On social media, I'm just at Trillia Newbell. So everything is just Trillia Newbell. All right. And it's with two L's and then yes. an I-A, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. T-R-I-L-L-I-A. <laughs> and you'll be able to find links to Trillia through our show notes and our social media. Thanks so much again for joining us, Trillia. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you.